Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our own reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org slash dailyconnection. Well, today on the podcast, we are uh, kind of extending the discussion from uh, Jonah 1, 17 uh, through 2, 10, which is when Jonah finds himself um, in an interesting situation <laughs> uh, in the belly of a fish. Uh, so let's jump right into it see where we have to go. Um, you know, we, um, we often talk about uh, uh, Jonah in the belly of a fish as if it was a pristine place, and, um, and it had to be very ugly. Um, and, and whether we take this literally or figuratively, it's meant to be an ugly place, um, uh, a safe place from, uh, from where he could have been <laughs> chewed up by a fish, but, um, uh, but ugly as well. And, and I was talking about rock bottom moments when, um, we feel like we are in a really ugly place when we feel like we, um, um, don't have anywhere else to go. Um, Jonah was there because he was disobedient. I mean, that's why he was thrown off the ship to begin with and ended up in the sea and ended up in the belly of the whale. But, and sometimes we, we end up at those rock bottom moments because of our own choices, our own sin. And sometimes it's not necessarily um, something that we do ourselves. And so Randy was talking about um, one of the problems that we Christians have when uh, when we see another Christian at rock bottom, Randy, you want to? Well, I think about growing edges and where we can mature as Christian men and women and be the church. And uh, I've been in the church literally all of my life. I have no doubt I was in the church within a week after I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the challenges I think the church have, and it's a balancing act between uh, maintaining holiness and righteousness. Um, the church was the voice uh, before governments began to take over those kinds of decisions. Thing, the church was the voice, and and times a legal voice, um, of what was right and wrong. Uh, but I, uh, as I was listening and reading those stories yesterday morning, um, there were all kinds of places uh, where the church has and, and will continue to, to do what the, the very best for these folks. But I've mm-hmm. often said the church is, shoots their wounded mm-hmm. worse than, than even the world shoots their wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, besides being uh, the belly of the wheel, not being a, probably a very nice place, it was a very lonely place. Right. Um, sometimes uh, Christians, uh, as I was reading through those stories yesterday, uh, they find themselves in those really lonely places mm-hmm. thinking there's nobody they can tell, nobody they can talk to, uh, that everybody uh, will judge them if they find out what's going on or, or will look down on them in some manner or form. And I think Probably if anybody would hear anything out of our conversation this morning, it would be take a deep breath, folks. Um, I think I've said before that early on when some of the televangelists, uh, and it was Jim Baker was was mm-hmm. the one that 
particularly fried my wagon. Um, <laughs> the Holy Spirit spoke to me one morning and said, there but for the grace of God could go you, so shut up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he has to talk a little yeah. hard for me to understand. But, mm-hmm. uh, and that's always been my premise, and I don't care what it is in life that we've done or, or not done or what you're going through in life, because sometimes some of this stuff has nothing to do with us. We just find ourselves in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, to to try to understand uh, what that person might be going through or to try to offer God's grace. Uh, I think that's the witness I wish the church sometimes was making a lot stronger than um, – somebody told me one day and when I was preaching a revival meeting that I was just an old throwback holiness preacher <laughs> for the way I preached, and I reflected on that. Um, uh, yeah, I am. I really take seriously be holy as I am holy. The Lord said that. But uh, I also have prayed for 45 years to have the eyes of Jesus when he saw that woman about to be stoned. And there was a song years ago that was written, He Felt My Pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's I prayed to have those Jesus eyes to feel other people's pain in the middle of that. Um, so uh, even, as, uh, even as Jonah had his struggles... Um, our struggles. The church ought to be the place where if somebody was um, thinking about infidelity or lying or cheating or stealing, there ought to be some place where they could go in that community right. and find somebody to pray with them, to help them, to counsel with them, to do something rather than being fearful of that. Um, yeah. When is it that the church got from where Wesley gathered his societies and and they each asked, how is it with your soul? to everybody has to clean up and and look like everything is perfect when they're in church. And I have no marital problems. I have no problems with my kids. I have no problems. I'm fine. What happened? I mean, when did that disconnect happen? Well, uh, I think it happened way back. I mean, we talk about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that kind of well, that's true. I call it arrogant self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the kindest word to use, but it's the poignant word. Uh, when that arrogant self-righteousness was they, – they lived that out mm-hmm. partly in an attempt to find that holiness of God, partly in that attempt to, uh, I think uh, – uh, Set a standard for the world or remind a standard. But they were also keeping people down. Right. They were keeping people down. There's a lot of baggage for that one. But I think that whole sense that if we're godly people, we need to be different people. We talk about that. We Mm -hmm. become new creatures, new creation in Christ. That sometimes we take that we, you know, we need to remember ours is the role to love and God's is the role to judge. Um, Sometimes it becomes... I think sometimes it's honest effort to help others find a better way. I think sometimes it's honest effort to help folks find an accountability level. But most of the time, after a while, it doesn't come off well. No. Um, No, I think that that thing that people uh, look for, that kind of veneer of kind of all is well, I don't think that comes from – it's not a – it's not a virus in the church itself. It's not something that has gone, um, that's backfired, I think, in mm-hmm. the way the, the thing is designed. Um, I think it's something that comes in from the outside. I think it's related to um, 
the idea of uh, wanting something for yourself that someone else has at that moment. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that, you know, good good old fashioned coveting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tenth commandment kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes in with trying to maneuver again. Uh, to be in control of your own world uh, in a certain extent. So again, the kind of the idolatry thing, again, from the Old Testament there, that if I can control the gods, if I can control uh, the situation, then things will at least appear well uh, for me. You know, the concept of face, um, Mm -hmm. keeping face, keeping Mm -hmm. good face. uh, You know, this this is not something that is a a slight shift from the ministry of Jesus inside the church. I mean, the, the Gospels contain more stories about him giving it to the religious establishment and going to the marginalized than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we're reading the Gospels, we see this happening all the time. Uh, the people that Jesus is ministering to are the people who would not do well, I think, in our own congregations if they walked in the front door Um I think we would all be on high alert, and mm-hmm. I think that's a, a terrible mm-hmm. indictment on, on our own souls. But, but it is not just us. I mean, this is the state, I think, of the contemporary church in America, certainly. Well, then maybe that's why we try to polish ourselves when we go in, because we don't want to be the marginalized. We want to be. We want to appear to have it all together. Um, yeah, and I think that comes. From, I think that comes from uh, contemporary American culture uh, mm-hmm. that's you know kind of baked in consumerism that mm-hmm. says you can have the life you've always wanted by doing these very surface kinds of mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. and so we we really do believe that. I mean, mm-hmm. in some yeah, ways, that is our that is our creed, and that follows mm-hmm. us into the church. And so, you know, we try to undo those things. Um, all the time in worship, you know, confession is that moment where we say, all of us, no matter whether you think you are or not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I remember this conversation that was relayed to me between someone on our staff and someone in the congregation about, uh, you know, just kind of like scratching their heads at these moments of confessions. They're like, well, I don't know that I really need that. I don't know that I did all those things. <laughs> I'm like, <clears throat> see, see line one, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's that kind of thing. It's it's where we recognize that all of us are broken here, and there's mm-hmm. some solidarity with the other broken when we when we recognize that. You know, as as much as we want to strive for perfection, we are broken, and that right. is your first point of connection with people. It's not it's not even your own generosity. It's not even your own desire to love them well. It's your own humanity that actually brings you together. And if you can't begin there, you can't begin. Right. And, <laughs> and so and so that's what I wish we in the church were better at, mm-hmm. better at bringing out the ability to share our brokenness. Now, I don't mean we want to bleed all over each other, but, but just to, you know, if you're in a, an abusive marriage or you're in, you know, that, that you could not come to church and put on the veneer and, and try to look nice, that you could reach out for the help that you need. Um, I, I didn't when I was going through a divorce. Um, okay. Now, it's different. Like when Justin died, that's different because it, everybody knows. 
Um, and it's not an unacceptable thing. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't cause that. And uh, right. it's, you know what yeah. I mean? It's a socially acceptable kind of hurt. Of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's where the weird sense of meritocracy kind of, uh, kind of becomes that virus in the church where we go, no, we have, we have a will, we have responsibility. And so at, at moments we like to kind of make our own decisions about whose fault it is. Uh-huh. Well, this is nobody's fault. Yeah. Well, this is your fault. And yeah. so when we, we, we subtly make that distinction and we act accordingly. Yeah. And I, I, I just don't see that in, in Jesus' uh, yeah. Jesus ministry. In fact, when, when you know, the disciples ask him point blank, who's, whose sin is this? Yeah. Is this this blind man's sin, or is it the sin of his parents? It's mm-hmm. got to be somebody's sin. There's yeah. got to be a cause for this. And you know, yeah. Jesus is like, no, that's yeah, wrong question, right? Everybody, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, um, I call that life, and, and right, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that messes with our theology just a little bit mm-hmm. because then mm-hmm. we begin to ponder: Well, is God really in control if it's just life? Uh, and you know, I don't have the answers to all of that. Even after all of these years, I I, saw, I don't have all of that those details figured out yet. Oh. That, you know, you um, know, when you're a pastor, um, you have to do life. You have to do your personal life a little differently. And this is this is my example here. Um, when I was going through a divorce or heading toward a divorce, uh, and Randy would have had to do the same thing. I had to write a letter to my congregation, the entire congregation, Mm -hmm. and tell them that I was divorcing and um, had to be very careful because I didn't want them to think that either my ex or I were having an affair or anything like that. But I also, they didn't need to know the details of it, and uh, that wasn't required in the letter. But I hated sending that letter out, hated airing my laundry. That's how it felt. Mm -hmm. And I was also very fearful. I thought, what is my congregation going to think of me? And, you know, I really underestimated them. Right. They, they knew that I was hurting, They even though they said they would never have seen it on Sunday morning. Of course not. I put on the veneer like everybody else did. Um, and, of course, maybe that was my quote-unquote job. But, you know, man, <laughs> um, I underestimated the congregation that I was serving that they couldn't love me in right. the midst of that, that they would say, what did you do wrong right. in your marriage? Right. Um, man, we need to come into the into the church as broken people. We are broken people, admitting our brokenness. And, and I'm just not sure how to do that, you know? Um because if if and, and Randy and I try to be very, um, um, very open about who we are, to not say you know here here we are perfect people, um, try to be perfect like us, um, but man, uh, you know we are you're right we are a society that says you better hide it, man that's dangerous. It uh, some of it has to do, and. Truly, some of it has to do with people's personalities. Um, I will talk about uh, whatever's happened in big, broad strokes. Uh, I'm not somebody that opens myself, my inner soul up to most people. That's right. Very few, if any, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of that's 
part of that's I think because of the relationship I have with the Lord. But the other part is that uh, sometimes I I think well maybe I need to be more open to help other folks understand that you can be a solid believer and still have doubts, fears, or or whatever or whatever it is. Um, but it, I just find all of this interesting that uh, somehow um, I just think this is a growing edge for the church. I, for every individual in the church, uh, as well as as the church in in, in general, these are growing edges. Uh, I wonder if, um, well, I, I think I know the answer to this. But when Jonah was on that ship, <laughs> he just went below and kind of hid. Uh, I mean, that's all we know about that. Um, now the the sailors on that ship uh, were not probably did not follow Jonah's God. So they would not have uh, understood his, uh, you know, his perspective. But you know, what what if he would have talked to those talked to one of those sailors about you know I, I'm I'm struggling here I'm running away from God because I don't want to don't want to talk to these folks. Now I'm not saying folks that you know we run out and tell everybody everything about ourselves. I'm not saying that, but. I think that we're here to help each other through this thing called life. And if we're struggling, and I look at these three stories that we used yesterday, um, the person struggling with alcoholism uh, was hiding it, of course. Uh, The person that was having a difficult marriage was hiding it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the the couple uh, with the marital affair was hiding it. Right. And... and And there would have been a whole church full of people out here willing to love on them and say, what can we do to, to get you to the next step? You know, right. I hope. You know, I, I just don't – I am Pollyanna sometimes. I understand that. <laughs> and I do know that we, um, that we live in a judgmental society. But I also think that when we love each other, we also want to help that person down the road. You know? Right, and it's this very complex mix of um, uh, uh, of interactions and people, uh-huh. right? I mean, you're you know you're probably not going to get the 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 storybook interaction of um, reception, you know, uh, the receiving of grace that that you're looking for um, in the body of the church. They are messed up people as well, but I think that plays into that. It's almost a virtuous circle of uh, acceptance where we. Uh, continue to um, accept one another in our in our failures. We don't accept one another in our successes um, because what's to accept there? I yeah, mean, that's, right. You know that that's uh, that is what it is. But um, when when I think both parties or or all parties uh, come in with an attitude that uh, that says, I will not be. I will probably not be received in the way in which I am hoping. When all come to, when when everyone comes in with that, uh, things happen that no one's ever expecting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, mm-hmm. I think it's the beauty uh, in the church is that we're not called to have necessarily specific kinds of reactions to mm-hmm. calamity or to um, uh, hurt in people's lives, but we are to be open to receive them mm-hmm. um, and to kind of come what may. Um, on all sides, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not simply a, a one party, the other party, mm-hmm. wh- whatever. 
Um, but there really is a, a mutuality of um, reception in our brokenness. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes it that makes it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to be too crass about it. I don't right. want to make it seem you know overly like pragmatic. Like do this, do this, do this, and then you'll get this. Um, it doesn't happen that right. way, right? <laughs> you know. Right. But I think the the attitude, the um, uh, the way in which we're uh, present and perceive, you know, things, it goes an awful long way yeah. to open up um, new realities and new possibilities of what it means to be together. And uh, that's just hard to do, mm-hmm. I think, in 21st century America. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do in first century, uh, you know, Israel as well. Right, right. Um, but it's it's uniquely difficult. Yeah, I you know, think so in our too. Time. And yeah. and in the West, I, I don't know sure. how it is the rest of the world, but uh, certainly is here. Well, in some ways, you know, I think in the in the West, um, we have it a little easier, believe it or not. Okay. I mean, I think in the cultures of the East, I think that concept of face, mm-hmm. of being, um, uh, of not showing any cracks mm-hmm. in your facade, yeah. is yeah, so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Than it is in the West. We, you know, this is a place where actually our our narcissism has maybe helped us a little bit. Our our own self involvement, mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which is weird to say, uh, <laughs> has kind of helped crack a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. maybe for our good. Um, it's brought a, you know brought about all kinds of other things that are terrible yeah. too. But uh, but it has um, you know our own self involvement has kind of uh, helped us at least explore that a little bit more than mm-hmm. I think the traditional cultures of the East have. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, I was um, I was thinking back to the scripture um, that all of this was based upon um, yesterday in Jonah's prayer to God, <laughs> and um, you know Jonah really had been all over the place and said, you know, I w- I'm I'm paraphrasing. I was done with you, God, and then I said, no, let me look again, <laughs> and um, uh, if we would only do that say no no let me look again and that's what i think the church can do for each other right is to say let's look again at god you yeah know? you know and and no uh no spoilers here but <laughs> it still doesn't work out well for jonah at, no. the, at the end he right. doesn't quite come around to the to the place where we think he should be right but yet here he is finding grace in this moment mm-hmm. and i think that that is so important for us to to recognize even that this might not get us any further down the road what right. we think is further down the road right but in this moment right now right here whatever we're whatever we're in mm-hmm. uh, there is that moment of of relook of reassessment of reorientation and don't worry about the future. It could be just as you know chaotic as, right. as the past or the present. Um, but here you we are. We can't control that. But here yeah. you are. Here you are. That's you right. Know? Let's yeah. look at where we are now. Yeah. So yeah. good stuff in Jonah. Love that mm-hmm. book. But it's, it's don't love the ending necessarily because I want it to turn out happily ever after for Jonah. And we don't really know what happens there. But that's yet to come. I'm not going to preach that one. That'll be Randy Razy. <laughs> Well, on that, uh, I'll uh, call time. All right, good plan. <laughs> on this, and we do thank uh, we do thank you for listening today. We love to keep the conversation going with you, the discussion going with you. If you have questions or comments uh, to add to the discussion, you can do that by following the link in the Calvary app, or if you're listening on the web, you'll find comments at the bottom of the page. Or if you're listening in the podcast app, you can head over to connectwithcalvary.org 
slash Daily Connection and uh, leave a comment there. Or if you're on Facebook or Twitter, same thing. Uh, We'll be back next week with a deeper dive into the next section of Jonah. Until then, grace and peace.